1: The producers of this podcast recognize the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders, past, present and those emerging.
2: Teenager, Mean mean mean, major. Mean,
0: major. mean 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 Teenager,
1: Teenager. teenager. Mean, Hello everyone out there. I'm Madeline West. How are you this fine morning, afternoon, whatever time of day you find yourself in? I'm here today with the gorgeous Angela Murray. How are you? Slightly less gorgeous than usual my sweaty tennis clothes. Oh yeah, how's this? talk about disrespect. She rocks up for our recording wearing her sweaty exercise gear having just played tennis. Not on purpose. Totally forgot it. But why did you forget it? My first story of why I forgot it that
2: I told myself this morning was I forgot it because my kids don't carry their own stuff and I have to do everything. All the kids are at school with their (laughs) school bags and their lunches and everything they could possibly require. And they didn't even have to carry
1: any of it to the car. Just zero F-U-C-K-S's, correct?
2: Zero. Well, that was the story I told myself. And while I told myself the story that they gave none of those... F-U-C-K-S's. Those, I was feeling very cross. Yep. And I did not like them. No. Nope. And I thought they were spoiled and I thought they were disrespectful and that didn't appreciate me. But look, it was me thinking that I was going to be late and not liking being late, that made me feel like I was in a rush, that I wasn't really in, that stopped me from letting them go and get their own school bags. Oh, so my own thoughts created the sense of anxiety that then made me bustle and get all the
1: bags and get in the car without my own things yeah. and be cross at them. And arrive today in sweaty tennis gear with a sensation that you don't like your kids, which is quite apt given today's parent question – Let's check it out right now.
2: Hi, Mads and Angela. Uh, Since she's been home more often for school holidays, my teenage daughter has been really getting on my nerves a lot, like really driving me crazy. Obviously, it goes without saying that I love her and I always will, but at the moment, I just feel like I don't really like her. Does that make me a bad mother? Is there something I should be doing that I'm not to stop feeling this way?
1: Oh, there's a juicy one because we all love our kids. We love our teens. But frankly, sometimes we don't like who they are, what they do and what they represent as people and more importantly, how they treat us. How do you manage those feelings, Angela? And where do they come from? Because it's very un-PC to say you don't like your child. You love them, but you don't like them. That's That's unacceptable in the modern paradigm of what parenting is and should be. Look, we all do
2: need someone we can go to in our life, like a close girlfriend or mate or sister, brother, whoever, that we can say, I don't like my kid today, and that that's going to be okay. Yeah. We all need somewhere to go and do that because we have to get that energy out of our bodies. When we look at all the emotions and where they come from and the needs that they're associated with, And the anger and resentment ones, it's because I feel like resentment comes up a lot when we're talking about being unappreciated, Mm. like I resent them because they're not seeing me in my pain or they're not seeing all my efforts that I put in. And there was someone said it to me once, I'm not sure when, but it's stuck with me ever since, and it says expectations are planned resentments. And if I have an expectation of my child or of anyone in my world, my teen, they haven't signed up for the other half of that contract. They probably don't even know what your expectation is. But that belongs to you, the expectation. And when we hold that, we have this belief system of a should, of how somebody else is going to or should respond. And lead us to say they're in their own world, with their own belief sets, with their own feelings and their own thoughts, and they're responding and behaving in the context of those, not yours. And so it's this, we set ourselves up to feel let down. We set ourselves up to feel unimportant, to feel unseen and resented by having a belief of what
1: it looks like to be cared for and loved. And is that fed by social media images or this polished? Because there's certainly, like, you know, a a polished, polished imagery about around parenthood that's floating through a field in crushed linen with the curly, ringleted Cupid type children and you know the happy mother and the happy father. But real life is so very different to that. So we're still marrying our expectations to stereotypes that don't necessarily apply to our own our own lives or are quite alien to each of our individual lives.
2: Well, here we go into another realm of the shame of a woman and the things that we think that we need to live up to and if we don't, then we're not good enough. Oh. And I think it's Brené Brown said it really, really well and I'm going to paraphrase here because I can't remember the exact language. But it was basically we need to have all, like I need to have the laundry done, my kids need to be well presented, well behaved and fed, the house needs to be immaculate, I need to be immaculate and I need to not show a drop of
1: sweat. It needs to look effortless. Like that 1950s expectation when the husband comes home from work, you whack on a little bit of lipstick before you serve him dinner with his cognac and his slippers. Oh, look, if I go into that era, they used to get up before (laughs) their husbands and put on their
2: makeup. So when their husbands worked, they had their faces on. But we
1: also had the added pressure of work. Um, you know, and that's where that that stereotype doesn't really fit with our reality anymore. It doesn't.
2: And I think that perfection has never fitted with reality. Yeah. And it was the other day uh, my friends and I were talking and about relationships and just how challenging they are, whether with kids, whether partners, whoever. And there was a great-grandma there, and she was the great-grandma of my friend's children, and so she was the girl's partner's grandmother. And she sat there listening as one of my friends spoke about the challenges she was facing in her relationship and the wounds and the decisions she was having to make and how overwhelming it was and how it was playing out in her parenting due to her stress and her overwhelm. And afterwards, great-grandma said, you women are so lucky to be able to have women to talk to like that. She goes, in my day, that all occurred in the house. No one knew about it. And when you went out, you spoke about doilies. No one could know the inner world. And so I think it's been out for a long time and maybe it's never well, not now sort of realm of society that we're aware of or we've got a solid knowledge of, mm. I don't think it's ever been in line. You know, mm. I think that we're getting there now, that emotions are okay and that self-care is okay and that we don't have to be perfect and struggle is normal. Yes. But when we get stuck in our old stuff, like the stuff that we have from childhood, the stuff that we hold, our wounds,
0: that's what we throw at our children in those moments of pressure. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at Bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: So we're throwing a whole backlog of stuff that has nothing to do with them. And it's our expectation which is making us feel Miserable, like you said. Expectations are disappointments waiting to happen, and resentments. But I'm pretty, <laughs> it's either way, kind of on point. It's hitting it for a lot of women I know. And look, a lot of parents were kind of fed this lie that we can have it all, particularly for single parents. That I can have the family and the high-powered job and the great social network and my kids in all these various activities that can ful- f- are going to fulfil their dreams. How do we Reel back our expectations.
2: The beginning of all the change is realising, A, that negative feelings, well, they're not really even negative, they're just hard feelings and normal. Mm. They're going to happen. And the feeling isn't the problem. It's generally our reaction to our internal feeling or our expectations or belief systems around the feeling we're feeling. Those are the things that cause the problem. Like I can feel angry that I have to remind my kids to get their bags. Anger is okay. It informs me that I need a few more boundaries around this or a few more things in place because I'm feeling a bit pushed. But if I interpret anger as feeling disrespected or that my kids don't like me or listen to me, then it becomes a problem for me because all of a sudden I'm uncomfortable. And a lot of the time what we do with our discomfort is throw it out at blame because we want to get it out of our bodies. And that's when we're creating some conflict. And that's when we're hitting heads with our teens who, A, haven't seen our whole internal story of why we're even cross about the school bags. Yes. And B, have their own internal story running, which is really important and overwhelming for them generally. So I guess... Like a lot of the times our teens don't like us either.
1: Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And And why is that?
2: Well, when our teens don't like us, it's just like when we don't like our teens. Mm -hmm. When our teens are showing us that they don't like us, generally it's something that's happening for them. It tells us about their internal world, Mm. that they're feeling overwhelmed, that they've got a lot going on or they're struggling with something or that something we've done violated something they haven't told us about, or a boundary yeah. that they've had, or an expectation. But it's not about me. And when I'm feeling like I don't like my teen, it's not about them. That's about me and my internal world. And I'm responsible for it. You do have feelings, and they do get overwhelmed, and we do get triggered. And our child does too. But at the end of the day, I'm the adult. I'm really responsible for looking after my own internal experience. And I do have some skills and some awareness of that it's existing. Our teen does not have as much awareness. They do not have as many skills. And they've learnt from us to some degree how to communicate. And so if we snap and if we say those things, they will internalise it and reflect it back to us. So it's really remembering I'm the adult. And there's this other quote I read. I still don't even know who wrote this one either. But there's a really beautiful one and it says, when we become fixated on teaching our child or teen the big lessons about perspective taking, apologising, treating each other kindly, we lose sight of the fact that in those moments, how we act with them is the lesson. Oh, you just
1: stabbed me in the heart.
2: (laughs) And when I reflect on that, I'm like, wow, I just taught them something really bad when I've just overflowed. I'm like, ooh, that wasn't when I was trying to educate them. But if you think about the times that you remember being hurt, it's very unlikely you remember the words.
1: Mm. Yeah, you remember how you felt. Yes, absolutely. And often the words become superfluous. They're not even part of the story but anymore. You call it content. And this is one of the strategies.
2: Like the parenting, as you know, we'll talk about in another one, is really parenting isn't strategies. Parenting is a relationship. It's a relationship. But then there is lots of strategies around holding your relationship with your child. Mm. And one of the strategies which I find really helpful when I'm feeling overwhelmed or I've realised I've filled up my own cup a bit too much and I'm snapping at my kids or I can't hear them properly is don't listen for the content, yeah? If you're really struggling and what the content they're talking about is really difficult for you and you want to react or if they're insulting you with their words, that's the content. See if you can listen for the feeling. it really helps you drop into a different part, the part that doesn't want to fight back, the part that doesn't want to win
0: Mm.
2: because there's no winning. The whole point of communicating is to get to know each other better. And if we connect with the content and argue and want to win, what we are doing is protecting ourselves or defending. And what we want to do is understand what's happening for our teen. Empathy and trust. Empathy and trust. Loyalty and safety. When you said you were mum before, for me the word mum, or even dad, like you just want the parent, you're home. That's what you are. You want to be the place. That's home. Yeah. You may not get to do all the fun stuff. You may not to get treated the best, but that's where they can be. Safe, themselves. stable
1: and constant.
2: Yeah, and when kids are choosing between two fundamental needs one being attachment and one being authenticity. Mm. And if they're authentic, we reject them. If they're authentic, we feel criticized and we make it personal. They're going to then have to abandon their authenticity in order to either maintain attachment or they'll, tr- they'll separate. So it's like we sort of need to respect their authenticity by allowing their feelings to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And remembering that pretty much whatever our teen does or anyone really is it's not personal. And if we can remember that
1: we can actually hear them. Oh, that's so true. And there is such a truism what you said earlier about communication that we do have a tendency to focus on content that we analyze what the words mean as opposed to the meaning behind the words. And yet in our other relationships and friendships, we're so good at saying, hey, how are you? And your friend goes, yeah, I'm great. And you go, no, you're not. What's going on? And yet we don't necessarily give that allowance to our teens. And I wanted to ask, is a critical part of feeling respected giving your teen the tools to demonstrate respect to gain respect
2: we need to respect ourselves yes and we need to respect others they learn through modeling so it's definitely about tools but at the foundation for anything if we want friends then we need to be friendly if we want to be loved we need to love and if we want to be respected we need to respect who they are their feelings and how they are from a really self responsible And self-compassionate position, (sighs) which is when I say it in that voice, I make it sound easy and I acknowledge that that would be really frustrating. But at no point am I saying that this is easy Mm. and at no point am I saying that you need to be perfect. It's about intent. It's about just wanting to improve your understanding of self so that you can better hear and understand your child. Yep. Because if you can hear and understand your child, you won't dislike them anymore because it won't be about you anymore. So you won't be hurt. You won't be insulted. Like my kid said to me this morning, I hate you, Mum, or I don't love you, Mum. And I'm like, that's okay because I still love you and I get that it's Monday morning. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I hate the universe too today because yeah. so it's Monday empathy, morning.
1: Empathy is key in acknowledging that often their response has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Really picture them in a bubble. They've all got bubbles around them.
2: Every, we all do. One big bubble around them. In that bubble are their thoughts and their feelings. And all we get to see is their behavior. And so if we acknowledge this big bubble and out of that bubble comes some hideous behavior, it's like, whoa, what is happening
1: in that bubble? You know, that's a so really... look deeper instead of immediately going. It's about me.
2: Yeah, and that's what the bubble's about. I've got one over here. They've got one over there. Yeah. So that's in theirs. So that's about them. Huh? I can feel relaxed now because it doesn't mean I'm a bad mum.
1: We'll be back next week with more mean ages. But you can keep the conversation going by joining us on Instagram. We're Mean Ages podcast. You'll find a link in the show notes and in our bio to help you leave a voice message about your meanager troubles so you can be part of the show. Imagine the
2: softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.